0: If you're on our phone directory, you've been getting text messages from me telling you to invite your family, invite your friends. This is not about church growth. This is not a strategy to add people to the church. It isn't. Because when it's all said and done, when it comes, when the rapture takes place, there ain't going to be people fighting to see who has the biggest church in the city. No, the bottom line is, is we are all one church. Yeah. And if we can do our part in winning as many souls as possible, it's not so we can have 500, 800, 1,000 people in three months. No, it's so that way 500, 800, 1,000 people won't go to hell if Jesus comes Come back yeah. in
1: three months. That's, that's what
0: this is, this is all about. And so the purpose is not to bring fear to anyone either. I want you to know that this is not a message. You should not be coming to church to get to be afraid of something. God don't want you to be afraid of him. He's not, you know, when you hear messages like this, and I'll be honest with you, when you read the book of Revelation, yes, a lot of it from chapter 8 on, it talks about the wrath of God. You don't know what wrath is. You don't you don't know. None of us here have experienced the wrath of God. Because God's wrath is not going to be released only until after the rapture takes place. So God is not a God of wrath. He's a God of love. And you'll say, how can a God of love allow something like that to happen in the end days? We're going to talk about what's going to happen after the rapture today. And you're going to say, how can God allow something like that to happen? He's a God of love. Then why does he do something like that? You've got to back up a little bit. And if you back up a little bit, God is loving you so much that He's warning you now so you don't have to experience that about time it happens. He loves you that much. So you should not be afraid coming to church. You should not be afraid of God, period. God loves you enough to send His own Son to die for you so you don't have to experience what will take place soon and really, really soon. So when I say to invite your church, I mean to invite your un. Church family and friends here, believe me, the motives are pure. And I'm so happy to see a good multitude of first-time guests here today, and I pray that you will leave your transform and change. So I'm here to educate you if you don't know anything about end times, and I'm also here to inspire you to invite people so that way they can give their life to Jesus. Last week we talked about the rapture. We talked about what is the rapture. I'll recap as quick as possible as I can. The rapture is gonna be an event that will take place. It's just as real as Mary being pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's just as real as this man named Jesus walking this earth that is documented not just in the Holy Scriptures, but in history books It's just as real as this man, Jesus, who walked in the earth, who died, and who had numerous of witnesses that he did resurrect from his grave. It is is a witnessed event. It's not theory. It's a witnessed event. And that's how court cases are won. By having witnesses that can testify of what they saw. If it wasn't real, then all of Jesus' disciples would have not died the way they died. And call themselves followers of Christ. They would have not died for somebody who lied about what he said he was going to do. They were murdered because they saw with their own eyes this Jesus, who was their friend, die and come back to life. That's the only reason why they stuck their neck out in the woods to get chopped off. Because they believed what they saw. It's a true event. And just as true as those things were, it's going to be just enough truth When the rapture takes place. The rapture is an event when there's an order of events in what theology calls the end times. There's an order of events. And the first event that will take place is the rapture. That's when... Jesus will rapture the church. That means everybody who has Jesus in the heart will be caught up in the clouds after those who are dead first. They will rise first from the graves. We talked about that last week. Then we who are alive will be caught up with them in the clouds and then we will be raptured into into the heavens with Jesus Christ. So when that event takes place, you can only imagine the chaos that is going to happen on this planet. It's going to be chaos. As a matter of fact, to this day, if I'm not mistaken, airline companies believe in this so much that they do not allow two pilots who are Christians to fly together. Oh, wow. <laughs> because of the rapture takes place, both of them are gone from the airplane. Wow. And I could go on with other, other beliefs of people who believe in this so much. And these are unchurched people. Science, scientists can say all they want. They can argue the fact of what the Bible talks about but why do they pursue what the Bible talks about? Mm. It's true. It will happen. We'll be caught up. And the word rapture actually means that to be caught up. We'll be caught up in the skies of Jesus. We'll be taken away. Those who have Jesus in their heart. That's the first thing that will take place when we talked about that last week. The second event that's going to take place is something that's called the tribulation. Now you and I won't be here to witness that, however... The way things are going, you and I are seeing the seeds of tribulation planted right now. Next week it's going to be so good. I'm going to talk about how artificial intelligence is actually a tool that is being used to set up for when the tribulation happens. Technology. The things that the book of Revelation talks about that will happen, it's amazing. Because it it would have not happened without the technology that is now in place. We are on the pathway for Jesus coming back and for this world to be left suffering in what is called the tribulation. You and I will be experiencing seeds that are starting to grow now into the tribulation that is going to take place when you and I are, are gone. The tribulation will take place. The tribulation is divided up in two parts. It's the first three and a half years is called the tribulation. That's wild. That's crazy. That's chaotic. And then it spits up to the second three and a half years that the Bible calls the great tribulation which is even worse than the first three and a half years. I don't know how any man on this planet would be able to survive the second uh, uh, great tribulation. I do not know how that will be able to talk. talk like. We talked about the order of events and we were able to stop at the uh, the tribulation. I have so much to talk about, I really don't know what to talk about. <laughs> The tribulation is being said that this is going to be the worst time in history that mankind has ever faced. Yes, we've heard of what happened with the evil leader Adolf Hitler. It would be even worse than what took place in Europe. It is going to be an evil time. tribulation, then the third thing that will happen is actually called the second coming of Christ. People always get the rapture and the second coming mixed up. People think the rapture is the second coming. No. The second coming is after the rapture takes place, you and I are in heaven, and then after the tribulation, or during the tribulation, the latter part of the great tribulation Jesus is going to come back, that's a second coming, with saints that are selected. That means you and I possibly could be part of that great invasion that Jesus will be coming back on his white horse. So that's why I tell horse lovers, your horse is going to go to heaven. Because <laughs> there's horses in heaven. I don't know about dogs. I haven't came across dogs in heaven. But, but I know for sure there's horses in heaven. <laughs> But Jesus will come back on a white horse and he'll have saints with him. And this is when he'll, he's going to come back to the Mount of Olives, the same place where he ascended into heaven. I love Jesus. He's like, I'll be fucked. He's <laughs> coming back to the same place where he ascended. And that's where what, in the second coming of Christ is also something known that it takes place as the battle of Arm- Armageddon. There will be a battle that will go on between Jesus and Satan. I wish, and my prayer is, when I get up there, I'm going to tell Jesus, please, let me come back with you, part of your heavenly hood game. (laughs) I want to come back because I want the privilege to sock the devil in his face personally. I do. I want to end on that. Like, uh, like, you're, like, you're the one who sold our speakers? <laughs> so that's the guy who took my bike off. <laughs> um, so the second coming of Christ, and, and you know maybe later on we'll talk about all details about this because what I really want to talk about is the tribulation. But after I just need to do this for the sake of uh, good theology. The fourth thing that will happen is something that is called the Millennium. And that's something that takes place It's a thousand year event that takes place after the Millennium. Then there's something that is called the Great White Throne Judgment. The Great White Throne Judgment. I wish I could talk about all that. But all, now these, the Great White Throne Judgment is a, play, is a time where people who um, got saved during the Rapture, got saved during, um, after the Rapture, during the Tribulation, um, then they'll have their time of uh, judgment. You and I are already born in heaven, but what about the people who got saved during the tribulations? What, what's going to happen with them when they die? Well, there's something that's, that's called the Great White Throne Judgment. After that, um, then, uh, then finally, finally, there's a new heaven, new and a new earth, uh, and this crazy, crazy war between good and evil will be completely over once and for all. But, you know, I don't know if I should talk about the signs that are going to take place, are taking place, before the rapture happens, or if I should just go straight to the tribulation. I'm going to go straight to the tribulation. But I'll tell you right now, there's so many signs that Jesus talks about that will happen. Look at all these pages, I'm turning That some of these signs are well, that will take place before the rapture happens. Well, maybe we'll do that sometime down, down the line. But I do want to say this. Next week when we come back, in Daniel chapter 12, I think verses 1 through 4, this that was written 2,600 years ago. 2,600 years ago when typewriters were not even around. Where, I mean, you're talking of, actually I titled that message from, Parchment to the pavement. When it was, when it was just stuff documented on parchment, but now it's hit the pavement. We are here on what was documented 2,600 years ago. It talks about how we will know that the end is near. Daniel says we'll know that the end is near when uh, knowledge will increase. When knowledge will increase, that has a lot to do with the technology. That has arrived here today, 2,600 years later. Um, it talks about how many will be able to go to and fro, to and fro. And that word "fro" is not a Hebrew in the Bible. It's talking about <laughs> being able to travel from here to there in, in, in oh, how a split second. Okay. How would Daniel be able to say that's going to happen at that time? Travel was done by donkey. Travel was done by horses. I mean, just last Sunday we had, now we have a competition of Amazon and, and who, who's the other guy trying to get a space first. I mean, these are private people, not NASA, not companies, but people who have a lot of money now that says, you know, I think I'm going to take a trip to space. Who wants to go? Who would have ever thought that an average person will be able to say, you want to go to space with me? I mean, you're talking about being able to go from here to there in a split second. I mean, damn if you didn't know 2,600 years ago that airplanes will be around, jets will be around, satellites will be around, internet will be around, technology will be around. You are going to be so blown away on how technology is such a powerful tool to set up for the rapture and the tribulation. Algorithms are so, so crazy. Algorithms. I'll tell you right now, I've been studying so deep on this for quite some time now. It's not like I started last week, you start preaching today. I took these courses in Bible school, and you know what I know when you go to school, you always have to refresh yourself to say, what did I learn? So I had to go back to my books, go back to my study, go back to research, and and, and get get um, caught up again, get caught, refreshed, get caught up again. But um, So I've been studying all of this. And, and, and one of the studies that I was doing was on algorithms, on how... Um, how Alexa and how all of these things that pick up our information. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I can't help it. I'm just going to do a I sound to do. Google. A lot of people think that Google is a, um, is a search engine company. No, it's not. It is not. Okay. It is not. Google is a company to collect your data and my data to feed artificial intelligence information there is Oh my gosh, this is so, so crazy, man. I don't even know if I should go there. They take so much of our information and they feed to these super brain machines, data that is collected from you and I to feed computers that will eventually, this sounds crazy, but this is true, and I'll prove it to you next Sunday. That literally are going to take over this world. Literally. And it's not a joke. It's not funny. I don't think Pastor Cornyn used to PCP yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so as I'm doing this study last week on algorithms, I'll tell you this. It freaked me out. It didn't scare me, but it freaked me out. I'll tell you how out of hand this is. Google and I forget the other company, developed these computer robots to behave on their own, act on their own with the data that we give them. The data that we give them feeds their computer minds. I forgot the name of the chip. It's actually the chips that have already been implanted, the brain chips that have been implanted in robots, and how robots are able to behave as humans because we fed Google with all of our information. These computer chips feed robots, in their brain chip of robots, on how to behave like humans, fight like humans, act like humans, work like humans. I could go on and on. Pastor Fernie ain't losing his mind. I'm telling you, I'm not losing my mind. I'm trying to educate you guys to let you know that we better be ready because we are in the end times. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this with these two these two computer robots, you know what happened? They took over themselves without being led, and they begin to communicate with each other with no human help whatsoever. They begin to argue and fight with one another. I wish we had video projection, I can show you all of this stuff. Maybe we'll rent video projection for next Sunday if they don't steal the people regret. So I'm doing this study on algorithms dynamics. Yesterday, a box come in the mail for me, from Amazon. So it says Fernando Franco, it doesn't have junior or senior. So him and I always have that problem. If the box is big, then automatically it's senior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if it's heavy, It's like, that's mine.
0: <laughs> so like, I remember ordering, so I put it on my son's bed. And then, uh, I don't know, later on the night, my son comes and he goes, Dad, did you order this? It's not mine, I didn't order it. I go, what is it? And he pulls out of the box, and it's an Alexa. Oh. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> my son was there to witness. It's Alexa. I'm like, I didn't order that. I go, ask them all, and ask somebody, they ordered that. Everybody went to their Amazon account, I went to mine, she went to hers. Nobody ordered that Alexa. No. That Alexa is sitting on my desk right now in the box, and I just tested it. I just said, Alexa, if you're listening to me, I know. <laughs> i got that thing, that's like a demon on my desk right now. <laughs>
2: tribulation. You got to come back next week
0: because that's the stuff we're going to talk about. <clears throat> Give the Lord a hand clap if you're not afraid. Give the Lord a hand <clears throat> afraid about. The following week, following week we're going to talk about the mark of the beast that is already here, that is already set up. You got to be careful of this stuff here. The tribulation is going to take place after the rapture happens. The first three and a half a years. Of the tribulation, let me tell you exactly what is going to happen. And we don't have time to turn there, but write this down so you don't think I'm making this stuff up. Okay, there are certain seals that are op- that the Bible talks, the Revelation talks about seals that are open up. Let me give you the background. The man by the name of John received this revelation from God as he was on the island of Patmos. And you write this stuff down. That God tells him to write, that's going to happen during these days, the end days. He writes these down. They get recorded in the Bible. That's why it's called the book of Revelation. And when the Bible talks about these seals, it talks about these these bowls, it talks about these trumpets. Don't get get caught up on what are seals, what are trumpets, what are bowls. All these are just things that are going to happen in certain categories, in certain orders. The first thing that John writes down are seals that are open up and what's going to take place here on planet Earth. So seal number one in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. Write this down so you can read it when you get home. Here's the first thing that's going to happen. In the first half of these seven years, the Antichrist will assume power and be perceived as the great deliverer from economic chaos. So here's what's going to happen. The rapture takes place, everybody's gone, there's chaos going all over the place, and this uh, antichrist, he he stands up, he makes himself known. now don't think that he's going to be like this God-looking guy, he just comes and he says, don't worry. Now, let me tell you something, could it be the government? Yes. Could it be multi, could it be the richest people in the world? Yes. (laughs) They're going to come and they're going to say, don't worry, we got this under control. We're sending everybody stimulus checks. <laughs> and yeah, if you have children that are under a certain age, they're going to send this much money for them for, a whole other year, two years, three years. we got the economic thing situated. Don't worry about it. Mm. So that's the first seal that is opened up. And Antichrist comes and says, I got you. I got you America. I got you Europe. I got you Asia. I got you South America. I got you. Seal number two, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 3 to 4, the second seal opens, and here's what happens. Peace will be taken from the earth, starting a world war. Now, see, at once people thought it was going to be a nuclear war. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a technology war. Hmm. Everybody is in the race right now. Everybody in the, is in the race to become the artificial intelligence leader. As a matter of fact, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted something last night. The, Rus- the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, actually is saying the country, the country, the country that takes lead in AI, which is artificial intelligence, will become the ruler of the world. And this president has already, Vinny knows a lot of this stuff, this president already, this president already has developed robots, I forgot this robot's name, robots that actually fires weapons already and does not miss a target no matter how far they are. This is the power of technology. And a human eye, you and I a human, we make mistakes. Computers rarely make them. So a world war is going to take place when the second seal is open. Seal number three is open. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 5 through 6, and here's what happens. Number three, a great famine will strike the entire world. Not just Ethiopia, not just Africa, not just the poor countries of the world and villages, but it will, it will attack an entire world. Now listen to me. This is where people are going to want to have the mark of the beast. Because you're not going to be able to buy food or be given food, and you won't be able to sell anything if you do not have the mark of the beast. That means, to take the mark of the beast, you have denounced God, and you have partnered with the devil, and you have said, Satan is your God, and the God of creation is not. And you know how tempted you're going to be when you are there with your kids, and you see them starving in front of your eyes, and you have nothing to eat, a mother will be desperate to do anything for her kids to survive. So this global famine will take place across the world. Seal number four in Revelation chapter six, verse seven and eight, a total of one-fourth of the world's population will die. And the people who are here will be alive to see you. Some will be your family. Some will be your next door neighbors. Some will be your own households. Seal number five, let's open up in Revelation chapter six, verse nine through 11. Those who confess Christ as a Lord and Savior will be martyred. I'll tell you this. There's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be able to make it this far by continuing to say they believe in Jesus Christ. But those who have enough courage, enough energy, enough stamina, enough faith to stand up and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. They will be martyred. Let me ask you something. This proves that the Antichrist is the enemy of God. Why would you kill somebody who confesses Christ? It's because you want to be acknowledged as God, not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Seal number six is open in chapter six, verse 12 through 17. It says, A great, great, great earthquake will come as the wrath of God after the martyrdom. After the Christians are killed, a great, great, great earthquake will take place. And you know what? You think that's bad. This is the first three and a half years. It gets worse. Seal number seven is open. And in Revelation chapter eight, verse one, now we're getting close to the great tribulation. Now, I'm going to give you the great tribulation. In Revelation 8, chapter 1. Now if you want, if you really want to go home and read something, read Revelation chapter 8. In chapter 8, verse 1, you know what happens? There's a silence in heaven. Remember I said God is a God of love? But his wrath comes out in Revelation chapter 8. Mm. <clears throat> you know I did a uh, you know on Facebook you could play those games where it says hey see what kind of personality you have or whatever I forgot what it was but I played it and the thing came up about me like it says what I am and of course I don't believe this stuff it's just for fun right and, I, and, I, and it says what I am it says Bernie Franco you are a very kind hearted man But, when your button is pushed, you become a whole different man. My wife laughed, because she knows that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is, I know exactly why heaven goes silent. You know a guy, do you know a man who is very self-controlled, He don't get mad easy. He just takes it, takes it, takes it, takes it, takes it, takes it, takes it. But you ever notice when he just gets silent? A volcano is about to erupt out of that man. Uh And that's what's happening in heaven. Heaven goes silent because wrath is about to fall from heaven to planet Earth from God. So the seventh seal is having no silence. And now you get to the trumpet sounds. Trumpet sound number one in Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. Now what takes place on earth is hail and fire mixed with blood will be hurled down to the earth. Listen, when I used to read this stuff, like in my beginning Christianity days, to me, it's like okay, I believe it, but like, yeah, right. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. How long has it been? A thousand years? Two? Then come on, it's not gonna happen. What's what's eight, eighty-five years of a man's lifetime compared to two thousand years since Jesus died? It's not gonna happen. Not while I'm here. Now as I begin to really realize what's going up in orbit, the orbit, what's going up in space, what's going up in the at- what's going on in the atmosphere that we can't see, and all the satellites, all the rockets, all NASA, and all this stuff that's taking place, I really believe this stuff can happen, will happen, and is a lot closer than you and I think. Do I sound crazy Do I sound crazy? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm here, I gotta go back and hear myself and say, <laughs> This, stuff, this is true, though. I have to preach this. I have to yes. preach this. I really do. I feel I'm 50 to preach this. Trumpet and saddle number two, in Revelation chapter 8, verse 8 through 9, a meteorite will fall into the sea, and a third of the sea will turn into blood, and a third of the sea creatures die, and a third of all the ships will be destroyed. trumpet sound number three. And here's where I'm going to stop and here's where I am going to come to a close here. Trumpet sound number three. No, no, not not that close. I have somebody help me close. Sorry. That wasn't on the agenda. Neither was me preaching right now on the agenda. Trumpet sound number three, Revelation chapter 8, verse 10 through 11. Another meteorite will fall into a third of the rivers and springs, polluting the waters and causing many people to die. This, listen, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm not saying that. Because no man knows the day or the hour. No man. No angels, not even Jesus, but only God the Father. Don't let anybody ever tell you Jesus is coming back on this such day. However, Jesus did give us signs. And these are signs. So I'm not looming. I'm not crazy. <laughs> All I am doing is talking about the signs that are here that Jesus says, that's as much as I'm going to give you. I love you that much to give you these signs that it's going to happen when you see these signs. Parents know what I'm talking about. When you tell your kid, you say, I'm not going to tell you twice. Don't make me, if you you ask me a third time, so you know what that is? That's a sign that mom is giving you. Mom is giving you a sign. Don't ask her three times. Because if you ask her three times, then this is what's going to happen. So Jesus is the same thing. These are signs I'm giving you. And when you see these things, that's what he says in Matthew, when you see these things, It's like the story of the little boy, and and his his dad, he he wanted a glass of milk when he was going to bed, and his dad was in the kitchen, and the little boy wasn't in the blankets, already in his bedroom He opens the door, and he says, Dad, can I have a glass of milk? And dad says, go to bed, no glass of milk. Five minutes go by, and the little boy says, Dad, can I have a glass of milk? And dad says, if you ask me again, I'm gonna have to go in that room and spank your little behind. Five minutes go by. He opens the door again. <laughs> Dad, on your way to give me a spanking, can you bring me a glass of milk?
1: This meteorite
0: that Revelation talks about. Could it perhaps be what NASA scientists predicted? In 2004, NASA came across this meteorite, or asteroid, and I forget the name that they called it, but could it possibly be what Revelation 8 calls (coughs) Wormwood? That's the name of the star that will fall from the skies onto this planet. Wormwood. Revelation 8 gives it the name Wormwood. Now, I'm not saying what NASA has discovered is Wormwood. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, could this be a sign that God is giving us? If you know his word, these are signs that God is saying, I don't want nobody to go to hell. Hell was not designed for you. It was designed for Satan and his fallen angels. Right. I died for you, so please yeah. pay attention to the sign. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Hell was not made for you. Right. Right. So nobody can say God is not love people. He don't care why he make hell. He didn't make hell for us. Why is he sending you there? Well, he's telling you how not to go there. You're mm-hmm. making a choice to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Could this Possibly be. Because NASA predicted as they begin to research, study, observe, and send all the technology up there just, as a matter of fact, our president of the United States, our former President Trump, whether you like it or not, he did do something good, by the way. He actually instituted, with a lot of our tax money, he instituted a brand new department for America to go to space to figure out how we can try to stop this asteroid. Oh, why don't you hear about this? Why don't you hear about this? Yeah, I don't mean. feel What? Here's what they say. And I'll tell you right now, this asteroid is still on its way. And nobody has found a way to stop it. But here's what they predict. By the year 2029. Again, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back 2029. Don't. Do you dare say that's what Pastor Curry is saying? In 2029, this asteroid is expected to hit this planet. And the Bible predicts that during this tribulation, that star called Horbulan will fall from heaven to the earth. Now, I came across this prophet by the name of Tom Horn. Tom Horn, a proven prophet. Forty years ago he died. And he was given sealed instructions to be released on a future date. And there have been many false prophets who have given dates of what is to come, and they were proven false. But this man, Tom Horn, <coughs> was given a vivid image in 2010 of the Vatican. And darkness had risen above the Vatican, and he heard sounds, and then he suddenly woke And he was about to write down what he saw, but instead he wrote down this. He said, Pope Benedict XVI is going to resign. He even gave a date. He said, in April of 2012, Pope Benedict is going to resign. What was interesting about this and why every person who interviewed him on television said he was crazy. Because when he predicted this, people began to call him crazy. And here's why they began to call him crazy. They said, Mr. Horne, do you not know that popes don't resign? Do you know that popes die in office? Mm. And as a matter of fact, they said, the last time a pope ever did resign was 600 years ago. His friends started calling him and saying, Tom. You're going to ruin your ministry. Popes don't retire. They die in office. The date came. April came and April went. 2012, guess what? No pope resigned. In February, it was February 2013, the Vatican Vatican makes this major global announcement. Okay, we're talking about months later. They make this announcement. They said, Pope Benedict XVI has retired from office. The media department of the Vatican releases a press release to New York Times and to every network that you could think of and it read Pope Benedict XVI actually secretly resigned when he returned from a trip in March But his retirement was accepted by the Vatican in April
2: 2012.
0: (laughs) When this happened, Tom Horn's phone went crazy. His prophecy was right. He got invitations from CNN, every network around the world that you can think of, and they were begging for interviews. Well, Tom Horn had another sealed instruction that supposedly is on its way. And he said he believes it's going to happen because he saw it. And he says, just as much as his other visions have come to pass, he is confident that this one will too. And he quotes, that this one was the most terrifying experience he has ever had. I brought an audio recording of him being interviewed as he describes this vision according to Revelation Chapter 8's tribulation period. Sit back, and after this, we're closing this sermon today. Here's Tom Horn in an interview.
2: Well, you had another sealed instruction. It was sheer Bible prophecy
1: from Revelation 8. Yeah, so this one was the most terrifying experience I've ever personally had, which kind of conflicts with me because you know me, Sid. I like to be positive. I like to talk about positive things. I like to be filled with hope. Uh, so, approximately one year ago now, I went to bed, same scenario, 2 a.m. in the morning, and all of a sudden, I woke up into this panoramic, um, what, almost like a film that's playing out in front of me, and I'm in the middle of it. And what I first thought I was looking at was a giant, fiery dragon. Uh, deep up in space, moving, undulating like a serpent, racing towards the Earth. Then suddenly my point of view changed, and now I was up above the object, and I could see that it was not a fiery dragon, but rather it was a giant space rock, an asteroid. And the way it was turning as it was moving through the space in the light of the sun was glistening off of the, uh, the you know, the, the elements of the stone, it only gave it the appearance that it was moving back and forth. Now, all of a sudden, I'm back on Earth again, and now I am surrounded by literally tens of thousands of people, and we are on a mountain, uh, and we are running for our lives, and people everywhere are screaming and begging God, to deliver them from what is coming. And I turn and I look over my shoulder, and I can see this fiery mountain, basically, this giant rock entering into the atmosphere, burning as it comes through the atmosphere, breaking apart as it comes through the atmosphere. A huge part of it strikes the ocean. A huge part of it strikes the earth. And and all of a sudden, the earth is shaking so violently that none of us can stand up. We're all knocked off of our feet. Uh, It was the most horrific thing. I can hear this. terrible sound, as if the earth is literally cracking, like the mantle of the earth is breaking apart. And now I'm looking back over my shoulder again, and this giant wall of water, just an enormous tsunami, hundreds of feet tall, coming up over the top of this mountain, and again, everybody's trying to run. Then these, what felt like, large hands, come down underneath my arms and lift me up into space. And now I'm looking down upon the earth. And here's an important part about this entire thing. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what would happen if an asteroid of that size were to impact the earth. But what I saw I later found to be exactly how scientists describe what would transpire with the waters boiling beneath this giant burning rock the aerosol coming up off of that entering into the upper atmosphere setting in motion hurricane activity the second part hitting the earth causing a volcano to begin erupting So what you the saw atmosphere. what yes. you
2: saw is what would actually happen but you didn't have the knowledge no, of what would actually happen from a scientific viewpoint, but you still saw it. Yeah. Uh, and, and,
1: the, and to use street lingo, it freaked me out. Well, when you I also, started doing the research, it really freaked I, me out.
2: But I'll tell you the thing that strikes me even stronger.
1: Uh, you heard a name. Yeah. What was the name? So, so as this is playing out, I'm terrified. All of a sudden I wake up and said, I almost fell out of bed on my face. I mean, I had cold chills all over me. I'd never seen anything this vivid or terrifying, I start writing it down, but then all of a sudden it was as if a voice. I don't know if this was just in my head or if it was an audible sound in the room, but it was as if a voice spoke and it said one word, apophis. Now, did you know what Apophis meant? I knew this. I knew that there was an ancient Egyptian god of darkness. Know. I didn't even know that. Of chaos. Well, because I've studied mythology, but okay. I didn't really know a lot about it. Isn't it interesting? At first you That's thought what it I was thought a dragon. That's exactly what I thought I saw. Now, the other thing I knew, and I, and I hardly knew anything about this, was I knew that NASA, had discovered an asteroid in 2004 that they named Apophis, and that was basically all I knew about it. So, because what I saw was literally a space rock, when I got out of bed, I immediately went and started doing research. One thing led to the other, uh, and uh, learned that this asteroid at first was on NASA's radar as being an NEO, a near Earth object, uh, that they believed it uh, in 2004 had the potential to impact the Earth. They still believe it's possible. Okay, now
2: th- this Apophis. This this interests me. Why do you believe Apophis is from the ancient prophecy about
1: wormwood in the Book of Revelation? Well, first of all, I believe in prophecy. I believe in Bible prophecy. I believe this event is going to happen. I did not know that when Revelation 8 was written, when it says a star fell from Heaven. Yes. It's the word aster, astron. It's from the Greek make asteroid. Yeah, I didn't know that until then. And it was a lot of other things that I learned along the way as well. Uh, and the bottom line is Apophis, is a real asteroid. And here's what they're saying. They're saying it probably isn't going to strike the Earth in 2029. So, they changed their opinion a little bit. It still could, they're saying. But here's what they're saying. But, It's going to come so close to the Earth that it's going to knock the satellites out that are in orbit around this planet. Now, this is a monster rock. And I talked to several astronomers, including a friend of mine that works at NASA and has above-top security clearance, and plus Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis that works at the Pentagon, put me in contact with impact specialists, all these scientists. And they said, there is no way in the world that you can say that a stone moving 28,000 miles per hour through space that's going to cover tens of thousands of miles before it gets here in nine years is going to come so close that it's going to knock out the satellites and yet be assured that it's not going to hit the planet. They all said that's rubbish. It's a cover-up. Here's what I believe. I believe it because I saw it. I believe it because what I saw and the way it came to me has not yet one time in my life failed, including the re- resignation of Pope Benedict against all odds. It has not happened one time yet that it didn't unfold exactly the way I saw it. So, I'm, t- I'm speaking from personal experience, but it's been validated by the facts after the fact. Uh, so, I believe it in all my heart. I, I will look you in the eye and, and give you a new prediction like I did when I told you the Pope was going to resign and everybody said it would never happen. In April of 2029, Apophis is going to strike the Earth. Oh, I'll tell you what.
2: Tom has good reasons to believe that this asteroid is a cosmic cover-up of end-time magnitude. But what if an expert uh, in, in astronomy
1: were to look at Revelation 8, you talk to one. Tell me what they they said. Yeah, actually, I had two different astronomers tell me that I wasn't even reading Revelation 8 correctly, that the first four trumpets are the four stages of a singular event. Trumpet number one sounds and fire falls down from Heaven and sets the fields and trees on fire. That's the first debris that's being pushed out ahead of an incoming asteroid. Trumpet number two sounds and a giant stone burning like a lamp falls into the sea and wipes out the ships. And this is a breaking up of a binary asteroid or a giant asteroid like Apophis, Uh, trumpet number three sounds, and this is the one that's actually named Wormwood that contaminates a third of the Earth's waters and many people die as a result of it. And then trumpet number four sounds and uh, a third part of the stars and the sun and the moon uh, are darkened, which is the result of all. And again, exactly what I saw when I didn't even understand what I was looking at, all this debris rising up into the jet stream, getting spread around the Earth and, blocking out a huge portion of the sunlight. It's all a singular event as a result of an incoming massive stone, which is what Apophis is. Now, speaking of a
2: massive stone, uh, give me some of the facts about how large it will be and some of the facts about Apophis.
1: Yeah, it was, it was discovered at the Kitt Peak National Observatory 2004. That's when NASA named it uh, Apophis. Uh, it is 370 meters wide or 1,200 foot wide or four NFL football fields wide. It weighs an estimated 20 million metric tons. It is traveling. Twenty million? Twenty million. It's traveling at 28,000 miles per hour. And I'm telling you, it's going to hit the Earth. Here's what scientists say. If it does, and this is NASA's experts, if it does hit the Earth, their mapping, by the way, technology tells them it'll probably come down somewhere around the border of Mexico and California, so a highly densely populated area. Another NASA scientist said, think of it this way. Take every nuclear warhead that is on Earth today, China, America, Russia, everybody, put them in one place and let them go off all at one time. And that's what's going to happen when Apophis strikes the Earth.
2: My goodness.